Welcome back to another episode of Sky U Pod. I'm joined by Spencer and Max. So we got the crew today um, previewing the Gophers' homecoming game against the Raging Cajuns. Currently, the Gophers are 11.5-point favorites. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. It's Gophers' homecoming, which, as we know, can be scary, and uh, over-unders 40.5 points. Fellas, glad to have you back. I don't like doing these alone. Um I don't know if I Let's could just start there with... with you in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. Let, but you did let's a good just, job. Thank you. Let's just start with this. Um, we don't have to rehash everything because we're focusing on the next game here. But just really quickly, what are your guys' thoughts going forward? Like, you know, we all made our preseason predictions. Like, I had us 8-4. and four. Uh, What what were you guys at as far as your season outlook at this Um. You know, truthfully, I don't think that there was anything in the last game that was glaring other than, honestly, the coaching. <laughs> I think talent-wise, this Gopher team is legit, and there's some a few things to clean up for sure. Um, I was a little worried about the defense. I think that was like the worst performance we've seen out of a Joe Rossi defense since 2020. Um, but... I feel like we know what they can do. I'm optimistic for the rest of the year, but maybe there are some games that will be a little tighter than what I anticipated. Like Michigan State, for example. I don't know how we're going to perform against. I'd like to think that we'll handle them, but we saw what happened against Northwestern. and They were able to just unleash their offense against the defense. Um, offensively, we have a little question still, but in the first half, I thought it was tremendous effort. I don't think that there's going to be much of a change. Kurt, you said it during, you know, pre or reviewing the past game. Um, you definitely got to win out of like Iowa, Ohio State, or Michigan. You have to win one of those games, and that's going to be hard. I think if you can do that, you still have a little control of your destiny in the West. I think that they definitely can win maybe against Iowa, though it hasn't been done since 99, but that's their best shot. If they play their best football, they can definitely do that. So I think that they'll still be able to have control of their destiny. I don't think it's out of their hands yet, but they have to play pretty much flawlessly and they're at their best for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think the sky is necessarily falling yet. Um, like you said, we do control our own destiny still, and it, the, the whole season is still in front of us. Um, you know, we, we can still end up having a successful year, um, you know, I not to compare everything to the 2019 season, but like the start of that year started off really slow and every game was close and we shockingly ended up being very successful at the end. So hopefully they can turn it around. Um, I think the, obviously the talent is still there on both sides of the ball. Uh, we just haven't seen them play a complete game or even like we haven't seen either side of the ball play to that potential yet, which is concerning to me that we just haven't seen it yet, but they haven't shown us, you know, what they can do. Uh, we're kind of just projecting based off of, you know, how Ethan throws the ball, what these receivers look like, and how the defense is played at times. But um, we haven't seen, like, a complete game from anyone yet on offense or defense. So that, to me, it's kind of like, you know, and as a Gopher fan, too, obviously, like, you root for your team still. Like, I still want them to do good. I haven't given up on them either. Um, but it's like, we, we got to see it. Like, I have no reason to think we're going to blow out this Louisiana team, who actually is really good either. Um, and especially, too, with all the all the posts on social media already about, you know, the, the Michigan game at night on NBC. It's like, please stop. Like we have to play this game this week first. So 
Yeah, my yeah, old look after is... losing two straight, I hope looking at isn't an issue this game. <laughs> right, but you know, right. the homecoming factor always throws in something for the players, I think. Like it just Right. You know, it's a good time. Homecoming's a big deal on campus, it always is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like my old look is basically could we still finish with seven or eight wins? Yeah, we can. But it's gonna need, you know, the toughest part of this schedule, like this this daunting schedule that everyone's talked about, the hardest part hasn't even begun yet. So yeah. that's the part that is worrying. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I just, yeah, I already said last week, but just with uh, the games we have left, and I'm just going to stick to my initial predictions at this point to start the year. So we've already lost two. I know it was like uh, we didn't need this one, but I did predict a North Carolina win. So, and I had us eight and four. So I guess at this point I'm sitting these six and six by the end, but like Illinois and Iowa, like you said, shitty. Like they both look beatable at this point. Like no one in the West has really separated themselves, except oddly Wisconsin, who I was critical of, is kind of slowly maybe putting it together. We'll see. We'll see. A lot of football to be. But anyway, let's get into this Raging Cajun. Um, let's start with the offensive side of the ball for for the Raging Cajun versus our defense. Um, PJ did not provide an update. No, no shocker about uh, Cody Lindenberg. Have not seen him yet this season. It's kind of killer. Um, you know, just some quick quick stuff on the Raging Cajun offense. They're currently 13th in the nation in points per game, averaging 39 points a game right now. Um, say what you want about competition, but they're scoring on everybody they play. Uh, the fourth rushing offense in the nation at 249 yards. Um, their starting quarterback was hurt, I believe, in their only loss of the year. But the backup's been pretty good. Very mobile guy. Um yeah, they're pretty balanced attack. They average 249 yards on the ground and 247 through the air. So when you look at this offense that the Gophers are about to say, face, fellas, what is the most concerning for you guys? Or biggest challenge, we'll say. Be more positive. What's our biggest challenge this Gophers are going to face? I guess for me, it's, and maybe it's just because we saw what happened in the last game, or last two games, um, is just the the chunk plays we've been giving up on defense. Um, looking at, you know, some of the stats, too, for Louisiana, they're, they're top 10 in yards per game. They're getting a little over seven yards per play as well. So if they're going to gash us on offense, and when we look at our, you know, our side of the ball hasn't been able to do that and put up as many points, um, we can't let this be a track meet because we we aren't built to to win those types of games. So to me, defensively, we have to be able to you know get some at least long you know bend but don't break type possessions where we're not giving up those those big deep shots or or long runs. Yeah, for me, looking at this offense, we know that their starting quarterback went down with a foot injury last game, but they have this quarterback, Zeon Chris. Um, he looks yeah. like a guy who can run the ball too. Like he ran 11 times for 70 yards and a couple touchdowns on the ground. Um, and we know like the past two games, we have not been able to contain the quarterback. And when you have someone as mobile as he is, um, if he can't beat you through the air, he'll definitely use his legs. And that can be a big problem, you know, for this gopher defense. Last game, we saw big chunk plays that were just given up uncharacteristic of this gopher defense. And they can certainly do that. Um, they have athletes at running back. Two of them ran for over 100 yards. Draylon Washington and Jacob Kibode, 103 and 100 yards each, um, you know. So they can run the football. I think that if you can just shut down the run, contain the quarterback, have them beat you through the air, um, that's that's the way that you'll have to defend these guys. I think our secondary can step up, you know, this time around, um, hopefully. 
Um, but they definitely have to stay up for this game because we know the Raging Cajuns, they're a solid football team. They're coming to play a Big Ten opponent on their homecoming. I don't know how that wouldn't fire them up to ruin someone's homecoming in the Big Ten. So it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, yeah exact To that point, they're, they're a team that two years ago, I know there's been a lot of turnover since, but two years ago, this was a 13-1 and football team. So they, they've had good seasons there. It's a good program. Um, my concerns are basically exactly what you guys said. The mobile quarterback, I think, really scares me just because, like you said, we've, we've struggled to contain the quarterback no matter who it is. Um, I'm curious just to see what Rossi's plan is with the secondary, just because, you know, I thought it was maybe a one-off with North Carolina, but... Um, you know, Northwestern threw the ball all over us as well. Uh, we had guys running free in the first half that didn't quite make the plays on us that could have been there for Northwestern the first half last game. Um, and then obviously it bit us in the butt in the second half. So, um, you know, the NCAA did approve McDonald's waiver now. The transfer from Auburn, uh, former Iowa State player as well. And, you know, they've talked about him in the nickel. I'm really wondering if he takes over that other safety spot um, opposite of Newbin. Um, just because it seems to be that maybe that's a point of attack for these other offenses right now. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not going to pin my hopes that he is a, a solve it all for, for this secondary, um, you know, Rossi leading into the season. And I think after the first game, he mentioned it as well, just how smart this defense is that they've thrown a lot at them and they've been like understanding it. Well, you know, maybe, maybe now that we're a few games into this season, other offenses have seen what we're trying to do, and with different looks they're throwing at the, these young guys that we have back there in the secondary. Maybe it's all becoming a little bit, you know, too much thinking going on, not enough just just playing. So I wonder if he pulls what he did with the Rob Smith when he took over for Rob Smith um, and just tries to simplify things, um, especially against, you know, the Raging Cajun who, you know, I don't want to say they might, I'm sure they feel they have a number one receiver, but if you look at their actual stats, you know, they all, their top three receivers all have the same amount of receptions for pretty much the same amount of yardage. They all have 12 catches. Their fourth leading receiver has 10 catches. They have a tight end with 10 catches. So they spread the ball to everybody. So um, what I'm saying is I don't think the Gophers have to be, you know, super fixated on one guy, just more uh, on your own fundamentals maybe for this one. And not that they're not, they have athletes. They're good players. They've, like we point out, they make explosive plays quite frequently this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think – I don't know. That's just my prediction is what they go to is maybe a more simplified pass coverage. And I, I hope they stop only rushing three because you're letting the quarterback have time and also still get out of the pocket. So you might as well rush more to get after him. Is my, in my opinion, if you're not going to be able to contain, you might as well try and get, him. obviously you need both against, against it. Um, yeah, you know, their, their defense, let's transition here. The defense for the raging Cajun, a little bit of a different story. All right. Um, currently 71st in, the nation for rush defense, giving up 143 yards a game. Um, 74th pass defense, giving up 240 yards, 240 yards a game, which maybe sounds like a lot, but currently the Gophers are giving up more after those last two performances. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'll start with you guys. What, what do you think uh, the Gophers' plan of attack should be for the Raging Cajun? Which, by the way, PJ was also asked about Darius Taylor, and he didn't give an update yet. He said we'll find out two hours before the game. So that could be a big issue for this team, I think, heading this Saturday. But what, what are you guys' thoughts on our offense versus their defense? Yeah. If I had to predict what's going to happen is we don't have Darius Taylor because P.J. wants to be extra cautious before Michigan and the rest of the Big Ten schedule. Um, I hope we have him back. Well, I'll say it this way. I, I kind of hope that if he is slightly banged up, he's not back because – 
if he's slightly banged up at plays, PJ's going to run him like 38 times regardless. So yeah. I, I just hope he gets healthy um, for the remainder of the season. But um, I think the other thing that I, I could definitely see PJ kind of trying to lock this game down on offense, just make it a almost like a academy type game where we control the clock for 75% of the game and score on as many positions as we can and just keep the ball out of their offense's hands. Um, I feel like he's looking at our defense like, you know, if, if they're going to give up that many points, then we can't let the opposition have the ball, um, which works great if your offense can score, but we'll see if that can happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what I hope to see is at least Ethan, you know, get into a rhythm passing. I feel like we've said that every week. Um, he looked a lot better last week. I think he did play a lot better than he did against North Carolina. So hopefully he can continue that, uh, get some more, you know, get the receivers into a little bit more. Um, and then I just hope for, you know, we've we've kind of been down on him and, and he not like he hasn't deserved it, but... I do hope Brevin span forward as a bounce back game too, because we are going to need him throughout the Big Ten schedule as well. So hopefully just a nice balanced pass attack, control the clock. Um, I'm predicting a, just a boring PJ conservative type game on offense. Yeah, I'm kind of, I guess my perspective about Darius Taylor is a little different. I just hope he doesn't play so that the Gophers might throw the ball a little more. <laughs> it yeah, seems like PJ does not did. trust any other running back. Um, he's going to have to this game. Like you were saying, Max, I don't see a point really in playing him. If he is even slightly banged up, let's use him for the next, you know, I guess more than half of the season, seventy-five percent of the season. We should we should use him for for the, the big games. Um, but this is an opportunity again for Ethan to get comfortable in his shoes. You know, um, he had a great first half against Northwestern. I don't think he missed one pass in the first half. So, and that was impressive. I was really impressed with the offense in the first half again, her first half against Northwestern. Um, this team, like you were saying, Kurt, it sounds like they're giving as many rush yards as they are passing yards pretty much. Um, so you could throw a balanced attack at them. I'm not saying don't run the ball at all, but maybe mix it up, give it 50, 50. Let's see some rack, some reps maybe from Evans. Maybe he gets a touch or two. I don't know. I'd be um, shocked, obviously. to be honest. Yeah, it seems like they don't like him or something. I don't. I really don't know. Does yeah. he still have his red shirt? Um, or is he? No, last, is he... Well, I get what you're saying. I don't think he played enough to lose his red shirt. I could be wrong, but I don't think he. So I don't think he appeared in that many. So yeah. So I don't know what uh, it is, but anyways, Bryce Williams will probably get some carries. Sean Tyler, please see him in action. You said it on the podcast, Kurt, too. Like, I know that we're, I'm kind of veering away here, but maybe we could see him doing some special teams work. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just would like to see a balanced attack against this defense, who, by the way, had almost a catastrophic meltdown, just like the Gophers last game. They were up 31-7 to and almost blew the game. Um so I think that this offense can certainly make some noise. I just hope that it's balanced. And I hope we don't run another great running back like Sean Tyler into the dirt, like we already did to Darius Taylor three games into the season. Yeah, I, I don't know the status. Four like games. I said, we don't know the status of Darius Taylor. Um, I'm kind of with Max. I'm leaning at this point. I don't think we will. If we didn't see him in overtime, I feel like he's not coming back. Um, just my gut could be dead wrong. Hopefully I am. Um but that doesn't change the fact that I want to see other running backs get the ball or like even, you know, it's not it. Even if you're not going to throw the ball 30 times, like 
maybe working like some jet sweeps or just like quick outs, like quick passes to get these receivers some touches. Like they like all these weapons, Lamecki, Crooms, Jackson. I wouldn't mind, you know, we ran that one end around against Nebraska, which was poorly timed, but like, and it's like, since that's like, all right, no more, no more handing the ball off to the receiver. It's like, oh, that's something I wouldn't mind mixing in just to get a more balanced rushing attack, especially since I think, if I had to guess, I would think it's this is Sean Tyler and Bryce Williams playing the whole game, like like Nebraska. Because I think with what PJ has shown, if Darius Taylor's out, he's going to go back to the only two guy he kind of trusts, which I'm assuming by default Sean Tyler gets put back in, even though he had that fumbling issue for a little bit there against Eastern Michigan. Um, so I, I think you go Sean Tyler and Bryce Williams. I think PJ will do that, I should say. Um, I, I don't think this – you know, I think this team is too good to try and just – play keep away though so that's why i hope we kind of come out firing uh come out inspired looking like we did against northwestern honestly like it sounds obvious because it worked we looked so good but if you kept the same game plan as you did in the first half against northwestern that's probably pretty good it was pretty balanced i know Ethan only had eight attempts but they were calculated they were some deeper shots worked in too it wasn't just dinking dunking them down the field um so yeah i i i just don't think you can just line up and run this team to death. I think you can definitely wear them down. I think we're much bigger than them up front, but um, and I think that'll play a factor in how this game gets determined. But uh, I liked us in the trenches against Northwestern too. So so who knows there? Um, yeah. I so I guess we'll just kind of get into this part. I have a couple keys to the game. Um, I'll go first, I guess, since I'm ready, and then you guys can follow in with what you got. So my keys to the game: if you're the Gophers, can you run the ball without Darius Taylor? Just got done talking about it. Um, Sean Tyler didn't see a single carry last week. Bryce Williams had six for not much happening. I love Bryce Williams, but I think he's got a very defined role and being a main rushing attack on this team is not one of them. I don't think so. Can you run the ball? If Dar- assuming Darius Taylor's out, that'll be big. Uh, Max touched on this one, limit the explosive place. Uh, here's a stat for you. 11 of their 19 touchdowns on the year for the Raging Cajun have come on 20 yards or more. So big plays have happened for this team. We've been giving up a lot of big plays lately, especially the past two weeks. Can you limit those plays? Because, you know, uh, the Raging Cage have only really shown eight times that they put together like full, uh, what am I trying to say? They've gone the distance eight times on the year for as far as scoring a touchdown. So make them go the field. Don't give them anything easy. Um, contain the quarterback. Like we said, this this new guy they have is very mobile. He's got an 80-yard rush for a touchdown on the year. So good athlete, but he also throws, he's completing like 77%. Um, and then I would just say, you know, the defense has done a pretty good job at getting this uh, go for offense, the football. Um, so turnover is going to be big. The Ragin' Cajuns have fumbled the ball 11 times this year. They haven't lost all those, but that's a lot of fumbles in, in one season. PJ wouldn't be having any of it. So, and they aren't, uh, the Ragin' Cajun are negative four on the turnover differential. So, I think, um, especially with how PJ is probably going to want to play this game, which is kind of what Max alluded to, probably a little bit of keep away, control the ball. I think turnovers are going to be essential. And if you're wondering what I think about the special teams, I literally just wrote down, stay out of the way. Like, just don't be something that you got to overcome once again. So, yeah, I I know I went pretty broad there. um, But, yeah, anything else you guys have to add on that? Yeah, I mean, offensively, you know, I think we've touched on every game since the first couple games that, we've got a score in the red zone when we've get opportunities like 
as the like we've shown the ability to move the ball and march down the field it just seems like once we get on the other side of the 40 it just stops and it, it's a little bit of the game plan it seems like the plays get a lot more conservative for some reason which makes no sense why we're you know the chunk plays we do get is they get across the 50 and then it's like all right guys let's just take it easy here i don't, I don't understand that at all right. um but we've seen time and time again we get in the red zone and then it just just fizzles out and it's I don't know what it is if it's if it's the play calling if it's our confidence or just unlucky I I don't know but um you know these these teams that you're supposed to beat I mean it's not too much to ask for when you're in those scoring positions you got to get touchdowns I mean settling for field goals I also don't know if did Dragon Kessich like tweak his leg or something on the field goal in overtime too cuz the kick that he had looked really weird and then he was like laboring on the sideline so I, I don't know. That. I don't even know. I hope I hope we don't need him, but yeah, like you said, if special teams can stay out of the way, let's just not worry about punting. Um, let's not worry about kickoffs or kick returns. Let's just have a clean offensive game, score as many touchdowns as we possibly can. Sounds obvious, but this team has not figured that out yet. And then yeah, defensively, make them beat you. They're one of the worst in turnovers and penalties. So let them make the mistakes, play sound defense, play smart, and that's really all there is. I mean, it's not – it seems like there's nothing yeah. too complicated at this point that they need to figure out. Just keep them in front of you. Like, that sounds right. obvious, but, like, quit, quit. you know, if you're going to give up the trunk play, you got to tackle it where they catch it, and then just – like you said, it sounds obvious, but it's just – let's just start seeing some improvement. Right. Because, honestly, last... outside of North Carolina, this is probably the best passing offense we've seen. Like, Northwestern was not a good passing team going into that game. And then we helped yeah. them basically double their stats. So. <laughs> right. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. My last thing defensively too, and you touched on it Kurt, perfectly in your last uh, recording that can we please not drop our best pass rusher into coverage in jaw joiner? It makes no sense. Like <laughs> why? <laughs> what are we doing? It happened like, I think at least twice on that last drive for them that we right. just dropped them back into cover. And it happened more than that throughout the game. It's just, yeah. I don't get it. Because that's clearly the thing he's best at. And PJ's always talking about, you know, you put your your players in the best possible position to help the, you win the football game. And it's like his is not covering people. Like, it's pretty obvious. But it's a defensive whatever. end, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we drop no defensive ends into coverage. How about that? Let's make it simple. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's always him or, or Danny Strigano. Strigano. Right. I never know his last name. But and it's just like, can we just rush four? Just rush four. Like get get to the quarterback. He's picking you apart. Yeah, my uh, keys are pretty straightforward. Uh, one would be just contain the quarterback. I think that is something that needs to be worked on in general. So just contain the quarterback. Set the edge. Make him beat you by throwing the ball. Um, Secondary, um, like you both said, keep it in front of you. Just play sound defense. Don't give up the big chunk plays. I know that we kind of have been saying we hope that, you know, this team may not play as conservative, but I think it's apparent that they might have to conservative, especially if you're giving up these huge plays against Northwestern. Or just play soundly, you know. You can send a blitz. I'm talking defense. Or just play, play soundly, you know. You can send blitzes or whatever, but... You know, be sure that you just don't give up the big plays. Do your assignment, and then it all should work out well. And then only one thing I have on the offensive side of the ball, um, I think just running the football will be the biggest thing. Um, I just would hope that we don't run our other backs into the dirt. 
I'd like us to maybe like spread the ball out, use our other weapons. I would like to think that Span Ford kind of steps up, you know, in these next upcoming games. Um, so I would just say, just get everyone involved on the offense. Let's see what we can do. Um, don't just be one dimensional because I just think that, you know, if they do that, I don't know if we'll be able to pick it up in another area if we just stick to one thing for like the first half. As we saw against Northwestern, kind of took our foot off the gas and we kept running. And then when we needed to throw the ball, we just lost it. We lost the rhythm. So keep the rhythm going on all aspects of throwing the ball and running the ball. But at least there's no such thing as momentum. So that can't hurt. Yeah. I mean, and that was, a, that was, you know, glaring. That's like the epitome of momentum yeah. in that game. When they That's went that three-play drive into the end zone, it just to sucks life receiver, back into that team. To the same yeah. receiver, three plays yeah. throw it to the same receiver. Anyway. Uh, yeah. If I'm making like a little, we can get a score prediction now, but if I'm making a little score prediction or get into that. I, I don't think this is a game, assuming Darius Sarah's out, that you can just line up and pound the ball past him and get a W. Um, I think Ethan will have to make some passing plays. I expect it to be a pretty tight football game. Um, I think that their offense is showing enough where they are going to get some points on this defense that's been struggling lately. I think McDonald will help. The coaches were pretty high on him leading up to the season, so I think him getting rotated in there, uh, you could see him maybe hopefully take over that other safety spot as the season goes on. Um, ultimately, I liked what I saw out of Ethan, and I think you know him throwing the ball close to 25, team, uh, 25 times this game is going to get the job done, and I, I like the Gophs winning 27-20 uh, over the Raging Cajun for a homecoming win. I like it. Yeah, I hope this is the game that you know they show us that the sky really isn't falling. Um I don't think there's really much. I mean, obviously, unless they come out and win like 60 to zero, you know, it's not, there's really not, I don't expect this to be the game where it's like, okay, like we're fine. It's, it's not going to be the get right game where you just right. go out there and beat them by three scores and get to exactly. focus on Michigan right away. No. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. But hopefully on both sides of the ball, you know, they kind of last week was kind of wake up call of like, okay, like we can't, we gotta, no matter what the situation, what the score is like, we got to keep fighting. We got to keep the pedal up to the metal. Um, but yeah, I do expect Louisiana to come out fighting. They're a really you know, scrappy team. They're going to play competitive football. They like to score a lot of points, but hopefully we can control the clock, control the game. Um, I was winning 24 to 18. I don't know why. I just feel like it's going to be surprisingly lower scoring. Um, Hopefully that's because we just have the ball a lot. Um, so if we're reading between the lines, we're still giving up 18 points when they don't have a lot of possessions. Um, I hope the defense proves it wrong, but the last two games have been uh, not great. So we've got us yeah. winning, but homecoming games are scary. I think that the Gopher players are going to be fired up this game. Um, I think that they just need life. You know, they need life breathed back in, into them. And the best way to do it is just to go out on fire on homecoming. Um, I do think it'll be close for a bit. I think that in the fourth quarter, it'll be 24-17 ghosts, but I think we'll have one of those last drives that just kind of takes all the time out of the clock and we kind of score in kind of garbage time. So I got the Gophers winning 31-17. to um, Again, we'll be up by a touchdown at the end of it, but we'll get another one to go up by two, two of those touchdowns. So go yeah. Gophers. I like it. Uh, I think we, we all had the under. 
even even you were a point under there, half a point under there. So maybe that should be one of the, <laughs> the locks. I don't know. But I'm scared to go under now with what our defense just did last week. Like I don't I don't <laughs> wanna be like I this game could right. get back and forth if it's not going our way. So it'll be interesting. Um oh one other thing I just want to add too. Uh we brought up containment a lot as a key to the game. Um you know, I just I was telling Max before you started recording, I actually found like their first game on YouTube and I just had it on here while I was working this morning. A lot of their runs that were long were also plays that got like bumped, like they bounced out to the outside. So containment in, in your rushing, in your run defense as well is going to be important. I'm um, setting the edge, just, you know, something that Nebraska kind of hit us on a little bit. So I would just, I mean, I trust Rossi. I like our run defense actually against them running, just trying to straight up run the ball. It's more about their quarterback scrambling and creating plays that has me worried. But anyway, I just meant to add that in there as well. Um, we will now get into the Skyupod parlay of the week. It has not hit yet. It has not hit yet. But good news is it's only three games this week, and it's gonna it's gonna hit this week. And so, Max, you said you like yours. <laughs> we'll, we'll start with you. I do. Um, I liked a lot of the games this week, but there's one that stood out just as like. I don't know why. There's one that stood out as it's a big number, but it just feels like it just feels obvious. Um, You're not going to say Texas, are you? They're never obvious. No, no, no. I'm not. That okay, obvious. okay, okay. Um, I like the Ducks this week again. 27 points at Stanford. Stanford is yeah. terrible. Um, yep. I know Oregon took last week's game personal against Colorado, and they showed it, but I really don't think that was like any. You know, there's a lot of hype around it, but. For Oregon, I don't see that as like an emotional win. Um, it, it really Stanford is old. They lost to Sacramento State two weeks ago. It's not a Division One A football team, so yeah. uh, winning by more than thirty points for a potential playoff team is not out of the question. So I will take the Ducks. Nice. I like that pick. My pick is a little interesting. It's a Thursday <laughs> night game here. I got Temple and Tulsa that play Thursday night. And you know these Thursday night games, there's something to do on Thursday. I know we got the NFL, but I'm predicting a nice high-scoring shootout between Temple and Tulsa. 55 and a half points. I'm going with the over. That sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, Look at them. I... Now listen, they've had a lot of games against Power 5 opponents, and they haven't really scored many points. But against <laughs> like competition... They can really score the score, you know. So I think that when these two teams match up, it'll be a nice shootout, and we got a nice, nice Thursday night game. You and me just have very different ideas of locks. Like I, <laughs> I gotta know something about the team that I throw into, or at least feel like I do. Not that you, maybe you watch, maybe you watch more Temple football than I know, but <laughs> I just <laughs> can't say I do. Hey, but you know what? I, I feel good I'm, about it. I like I'm gonna. Ooh, they have a different line. I'm going to use ESPN's line just because it helps me even more. I think that this one's pretty, I want to say easy because they're coming off a loss, but mine's a Friday night game. Um, I think BYU is a tough football team and a good football team. They are two-point underdogs at home against Cincinnati. A night game out west. Um, Cincinnati's not looking amazing this year either. Uh, they just lost to someone pretty bad, didn't they? I know they they just lost. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, they played Oklahoma to within 14 points. Now, granted, they were without their best defensive player. But even going back the week prior, they lost to Miami of Ohio. And then they have a blowout win over Eastern Michigan. 
I watched BYU go into Arkansas win. They were at Kansas last week, I believe. That was a tough back and forth game. Kansas pulled it out. Maybe, maybe this is Vegas, one of Vegas's suckers games, but I'm gonna take BYU at home plus two. Hard to argue against that. Yeah, I like it. The other one, and we'll throw it into the picture this week, that I really considered is I know they're on the road, but Illinois is an underdog this week at Purdue. I saw that. I don't know if probably different other places. I think that's flipped already. Did it really? Okay. Where you look. Because, yeah, I saw that earlier too, and then I looked today, and it had already flipped to like minus one or something. But Okay. I was, yeah. on, I was on FanDuel, but yeah. Okay. That one was surprising. Here, let's see. Oh, because ESPN doesn't actually have – why does ESPN not show me the, the spread here? Who's got the spreads up? I got them. Okay. Why don't you give me the um, – let's go USC at Colorado, 11 a.m. on Fox. What's the spread of that yep. one? All right. So, again, we got Fox morning whatever to, uh, <laughs> to Colorado again. USC opens as 21 and a half point favorite. I got the Trojans. Um, you know, the thing is, I like the overs a little better, to be honest, in this game. It is high. Yeah. The over is uh, like 73 and a half. 73, yeah. Yeah, could I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was seventy seven, but I got the Trojans. Uh, their defense I don't think is as good as the Ducks, but their offense can certainly be as electric. So I just think that they'll be able to score probably at will, and that'll just kind of overwhelm Colorado. So I got the Trojans. Yeah, probably take USC as well. I like. I mean, I, I don't not like Colorado. I like what Dan's doing, but USC is a different animal than we saw last week. That you know, especially without Travis Hunter. Colorado's it's a, it's a tough spot, and they've already been through a lot this year. So to try to bounce, you know, keep it going against Oregon and USC back to back weeks is tough. So yeah, I I would never bet this spread. I would never <laughs> bet this spread. I actually put money on because USC has no defense. They've literally given up points to everybody. Um, but I and it's probably just because they just got kind of killed. But I just feel like maybe Colorado's you know, a little worn down at this moment. They've kind of had a crazy start to the year. They had all this hype, you know, understandably, because they weren't very good last year and Dion came in. Um, I'm going to go Trojans as well. I, I, but I don't feel good about it. Like I could easily see Colorado scoring a touchdown with like a minute left to get the cover. Like, if, you know what I mean? Just trading scores for the most part. USC gets a few more stops just because their defense is overall better than Colorado's. But yeah, no, I, I'm with you guys on that one. I got, I got you as well. Um, this is one I want to pick too. Uh, jumping down to the 2:30 slot here, you got Michigan at Nebraska. Which, by the way, I'm going to be listening to the Selly Scoop episode for this one because I'm curious to see now that they got some confidence after a few wins if they go full in and uh, pick the upset this week. But Michigan at Nebraska. Should you got the spread? Yep, Michigan is seventeen and a half point favorites. Um, boy, Wolverines. I think I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go <laughs> with Michigan. Yeah, I do look back at the game that Nebraska should have won against, but this is different. I just think that Michigan's a really solid team. I think that they dominate. I got the Wolverines. Yeah, I mean, is is Nebraska better than Rutgers? I don't know if they are. If anything, they're about equal. And and I thought Rutgers played as good as probably they could. You know that game was close for a while. So, but I, you know, even Rutgers was getting twenty four something, twenty four and a half. So you know, Nebraska is only getting seventeen and a half. I know they're home, but I'll, I'll take I'll take. Yeah, 
I'll take Michigan too. Hard to say too with you know Nebraska changing quarterbacks as well. Now it's kind of they're almost like restarting on offense a little bit. So we don't I don't know. I feel like I don't know what they're going to be like. But Michigan is just you look at their scores. It's like a clinic. It's like 38-7, 34-6. Like it's the exact same game every week where they just they're not you know they're not putting up 40, but they're just grinding on everyone and wearing them out and not giving up a thing on defense. So yeah, I think yeah, I saw no, the total was around like 40 points too. Which is like, yeah. do you really expect Nebraska to score 10 or like 14 to get anywhere close to like what the right. spread and the total is going to be? Right, so right. I don't know. It's just going to be tough. Um, Nebraska's defense, I think, is proven they're pretty late. So uh, we'll see there. Um, okay, I got this one up. It's now even. Illinois at Purdue at 230 on Peacock is now a straight up pick em game. <sighs> I think, okay, two things. I think right now Hudson Card is probably the best quarterback in the West as far as his abilities and whatnot. I just think Purdue's offensive line and their defense is trash. Um, So, and I know Illinois' offense has been bad. I just trust them to be able to make more plays. Like, they just have the best group in that D-line out of any of them, any of the groups, I should say, on the field. So, I got to go Illinois. I just... I don't know. Maybe I still have last year's Illinois stuck in my head too much to like pick against them for this one, but I, I, I just I can't I can't see this one. I agree. I got Illinois with one. Um, it was that Purdue was a one point favorite the last time I saw it. I was looking at the spreads earlier at work today, but it must have shifted. Um, I would have went with Illinois, definitely one point favorite. Like you said, Kurt. I was confident in them because I picked them in the game last week, but watching that game, it was <laughs> so. Yeah, I got to go with Illinois. Yeah, this one, it's it feels like Illinois should be favored by more, which scares me that they're not. But I'll take Illinois too because yeah, I just think they're better. The one, the only the like caveat or like reason I can see someone picking against them is that they do have really good strong front seven. But if Purdue wants to throw the ball a lot, maybe it doesn't matter that right. Purdue can just score because Illinois' pass defense, they sure. lost a lot in that secondary, but... Yeah, I, I just, know. you know, I know Wisconsin always owns them, but I watched that whole game, and I, I came away both, both dis- like, less impressed with Purdue and more impressed with Wisconsin at the same time. Like, Wisconsin at the same time looked better than I thought they would, but with Purdue also looked like a much lesser team than I thought they would, if that makes sense. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, All right. So moving on, we haven't differed, have we? I don't think we have. Um, let's go to, gosh, this game was just not expected here to be, at least by me, was not expected to be anything at the start of the year. Um, oh, wait, there's one There's one I got to get here. Uh, Kansas at Texas. I got to see the current. Um, last I saw, Kansas was plus 17 on the road. Listen, I know Texas looks really good this year, and I think they are really good, but I still think Kansas, even after last year, I thought this was over with. I thought Kansas was done being slept on. I think that's a lot of points to give them, and and Texas still has started slow a little bit here and there against against teams that they're not maybe up for. Um, I like Texas to win for sure. It's dropped to 16 and a half. Okay, but I'm going to take I'm gonna take Kansas plus 16 and a half. Um, maybe this is Vegas has got you. But I, I think I think uh, the Jayhawks' offense is legit. I just don't think they'll stop it. I think they'll score enough to cover. Hmm. You know, I I was impressed. You know, definitely when they demolished Illinois earlier this year. But I think this Texas team, their offense looks really good. 
I like Ewers. He looks really good as well. I think that they'll do it. So I got the Longhorns. They're at home. Rock Chalk is only good for but so long, you know, and then reality. So <laughs> I got I got the Longhorns. Yeah, it's a that, this is a tough one because Texas does look really good. Um, but I yeah I know I was really anti Kansas last year. Um, but I will pick them. The other big thing too for Texas is it's Red River next week, so potential. I mean, it's hard to there look ahead go. against a conference opponent that has been successful, kind of. But um, I don't know. I think they can keep within two scores. I guess Kansas has played them tough, you know, the past couple of years too. Yeah, and I feel like this is like Kansas's game that if you're building up on their side, it's like their rival game, right? You know, announcing themselves to the. Name. All Doesn't right, and this is my game. A little bit too like like if you're if you're looking at like you know. If you take away the uniforms and everything, like I feel like Kansas and Colorado in a way are like a high flying offense, no no defense, no front, like kind of come out of nowhere type teams. Yeah, I I can see that. I think um, I think Kansas is a better team, but I I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think right. Kansas has a little bit more like balance on offense. They're not so right. their quarterback's definitely the the straw that stirred the drink, but and a huge part of it. But I think they have a little bit more support. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I it's definitely a fair comparison. Um, this is my game of the week, uh, which I never would have thought. But Duke goes to Notre Dame this week. Or no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Notre Dame, even better. Notre Dame goes to Duke this week. Um, you know, we all saw the game. Notre Dame, that heartbreaking loss to Ohio State. Notre Dame is a five and a half point favorite on the road against a Duke team that has just gone out and looked really, really freaking good. So um, who you guys got in this one? I'm going to go with the Irish. Um, I think five and a half points is doable for them. You know, I think that they could win by a touchdown, seven points, six, seven points. Um, I was impressed with what Notre Dame did against Ohio State. You know, Ohio State's a great team, and, you know, Notre Dame kind of hung in with them. Kind of messed up at the end of the game, I thought. But, you know, I don't think Duke is an Ohio State. So I just got the Irish win in this one. Yeah, I would take Notre Dame, too. Um, I think it'll be a competitive game. I think it'll be a close, at least first half, too. Um, like Duke, obviously, is going to come out. Like, this is such a huge game for them already, and they've already beaten Clemson, too. So, you know, that fan base can be fired up. But if you're Notre Dame, I mean, you still have the rest of your season ahead of you, too. One loss to Ohio State as kind of, you know, the non-conference factor is a little bit weird, but, um, like, if <laughs> if you think, you you know, you have any fight left in you, which these teams usually do, and they are very talented, like, beating Duke by at least a touchdown is, it feels like nothing. Like, it feels like very, you know, achievable, but if Duke does come out and their offense is clicking, their defense actually look a lot better than last year, too. Maybe I'm talking myself out of this. I don't know. I'll just I take love Duke. Dame. <laughs> I love Duke. I'm sure. Well, I would sprinkle the Duke money line for sure. They basically had a freebie last week against UConn. Their quarterback is legit. He's a gamer. He showed that against Clemson. Um, you know, granted, Clemson had a lot of opportunities to score and didn't that game, but I kind of bought into Duke over the two games I watched them. So I'm going to take Duke in the points, and I, I think there is a very solid chance they could pull off the upset. Um, and then uh, th- that that's... That's all I got as far as picks, unless you guys had one that you really liked and wanted to throw out there. But um, another game I think you should, if you're a better, 
out there. Uh, Washington has completely blown everybody out of the water. Uh, so I almost went with this one. It was down like between these guys and, and BYU. I know they're 27 and a half point favorites over Arizona. I, oh, what the, oh, maybe it was 17. It's down to 18 points favorites over Arizona. I love Washington to cover that spread. They just have been unstoppable on offense so far. So if you're looking for another one, look look at Washington if you uh, want to complete a four-team parlay. But anyways, thanks for tuning in. That's been another episode of Sky U Pod. We are brought to you by Big Banner Sports. Check them out on Twitter and online. And, uh, yeah, you know, we're hoping to come back to you after a, another go for victory. Get off this losing streak. Like and subscribe if you like the content. Feel free to share it with your friends. and. We'll see you next.